Hey everyone, this is our second recording, second show of the Tokenomics podcast. The last one was in Ethereum and this time, uh, yeah, we, we kind of had something else planned, but then we switched that because we talked about this uh, principle agent theory and how, how that relates to DAOs. And we were in general quite interested in, in DAOs and how they, how they function and, and what's in store with these DAOs. So uh, yeah, that's what we're going to talk about. Maybe Jason, do you want to walk us through the principal agent theory? Hey, Flo, sure. Um, so I don't know if I can give you a hundred percent academic definition, right, of what this principal PAL agent uh, theory is. But in essence, it's when a transaction occurs and there's an information asymmetry on both sides and when incentives might not be aligned. So this happens a lot in human to human transactions. So um, let's say you were to go repair your car, right? The, in this case, you're the owner of the car. So you're the principal, the owner, right? Of this item. And the mechanic would be your agent where he tells you, hey, Flo, Give me some dollar bills and I will fix your car and make sure it's good, right? But in this case, the agent has more knowledge than the average owner of a vehicle, right? So he, you're, there's this principal agent issue at this time because first of all, you have an information asymmetry. So if the mechanic says you need to change all four wheels when one of your, or all four tires when, when you've got one flat, right? You don't know if he's, he's, he's legit or not, right? You go like, eh, can I just change one tire? And then he goes and says, yeah, well, if you just change one, then the profile's all different. When you jam on the brakes, it's wet. You're going to skid off to the side. And you go like, ah, oh, do I need to trust him? Okay, okay, yeah, I guess I don't want to crash. So, okay, I'll buy all four, right? But you go away from that transaction feeling a little bit un uneasy, right? Because of the information asymmetry. And secondly, because there's an incentive misalignment he's happy for you to pay more you're wanting to pay as little as possible right so in nearly yeah. all things where there's interactions or transactions between humans vast majority of them you will face this problem whether you're going to buy food from a food court or you know somebody is cooking that meal for you you don't know what he's put into that meal but you want a good meal, but you know, it goes on and on. You, you, you work in a big yourself. Yeah, exactly. And you don't want to pay too much, but the guy's saying like, yeah, Hey, but you, if you don't want to pay for my $12 souvlaki, go pay $5 down the road. And it's probably filled with chemicals that you don't want to eat. Right. Yeah. You've got to trust so, them some way. Yeah. So then in economic system sometimes this um, manifests by people just choosing not to take part in the transaction at all right so maybe florian says hey uh my car it the mechanic told me i need to come and change the oil every ten thousand kilometers right if not i might run into problems but i think he's just scamming me so florian goes i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go whenever my car blows up right and then florian somewhere driving in between Perth and Sydney, and then his car blows up, and then he's got this massive cost. And this yeah, cost yeah. to the whole economic system is a bad one because 
the mechanic didn't earn his money. Now you've got a broken car. You're wasting a lot of time. Somebody needs to come and tow that car away. And it all started because there was this um, lack of transparency, let's say, in the transaction. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and like, how can you how can you get around that transparency? Um, yeah, and that's what I'm hoping we can we can talk about, right? It's you need yeah. to you need to take away that asymmetry in information somehow, and um, make sure that incentives are more aligned somehow. Um, so, so let's go back to the sure. yeah. There are many ways. So let's go back to the to the fixing the car problem, right? So basically the issue is Florin needs a car to drive around or a bicycle or whatever, right? You need something to, to move you around. And uh, the thing is you own the car, but you need it fixed. So there, there are certain things that the market has come up with to help. So maybe instead of buying a car, you lease a car, right? So when you lease the car, your incentives are in a way a bit more aligned with the leaser of the car because you both keeping the car maintained yeah correct right and then you know your cost straight up front you know that's all you need to pay um and then you can then have a better um let's say information less information asymmetry because they tell you like this is the price like from a price perspective you have more transparency you know yeah 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 Exactly. And, and you, you know that the guy with more information, which is, let's say, in this case, you're, you're leasing a car from the manufacturer itself. They know way more than cars and now they're on your side. Right. Yeah. You anything goes wrong, give them a call. They'll come pick it up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then let's say you're going to buy used cars. Um, there's also this issue because the salesman will know this car's a lemon, this car's the best, but they're both priced. You know, you have no idea. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So the market might come up with things like third party accreditation checks, right? Or you send it to a, a neutral mechanic and the mechanic will tell you, yeah, don't buy this one. Or you can get this one, but maybe ask them for a $2,000 discount because you need to change this and this soon, you know? Yeah, so yeah. that's how the markets come up with ways to introduce um, third parties, let's say or different uh, structures to, to take away that, that imbalance in information and also to get incentives a bit more aligned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, <clears throat> so the way we came to this, to this topic was through work. Um, through corporate, corporate work, let's say. Corporate right? work or any form of employment, basically, right? So yeah. you are employed by some company, so you mm-hmm. don't have ownership of that company um mm-hmm. you don't have equity in it so yep. you don't have you you pretty much don't really care well, you only care to a certain degree of course if the if the thing went bankrupt you would lose your job but um you like th- there's this limitation of how good you would take care of this business and how good you would do your work um if you don't have any ownership right whereas instead right. if you had if it was your business that you're starting and um, you had 50, 60, 70, 100% ownership, then you'd, of course, you'd have like a much higher drive um, to, to yeah, put work into it, right? Yes. And so like if I'm an employee 
And, and that's kind of what big corporations try to do to, to motivate their employees. They give them shares in mm-hmm. hoping that that will motivate them because they then have like this to, to a degree, like skin in the game. And that will move them more towards the principal side of this thing, right? So if we see it as this like spectrum, then on the one side, you have an agent and on the other side, you have a principal. So the agent, he just does the work. He just does what he's told to do and he gets paid for it. And the principal on the other side, he's the one um, kind of, he, he, he has the, the ownership and tells what to do. And I guess like in a way that that's kind of, how we thought about it right you could move someone more to, like an agent like an employee more towards that principal side if that makes sense if you give him ownership in that business by maybe paying him shares right mm-hmm. so that was that yeah. yeah i guess idea that we have um and how we came upon that right yeah and and actually uh, since that conversation i've actually thought about it a bit more i'm not sure whether this is fact or not it's just a, a gut feel but maybe there's also a little bit um to do with that information asymmetry so when you're say say you give you give your employees a equity in a, a firm right what that does is it aligns you from an incentives perspective right the company does well you do well we all do yeah. well we're yeah. all on the same side um you don't have to ask for more and more salary because basically your your stake in this firm goes up when we do well by contributing more yeah or better yeah 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 so you don't you don't actually feel oh man i i I, i've had a blockbuster year the this this boss better pay me more you go oh i've got a blockbuster year the company's now worth more that's good because now my shares are worth more my shares are worth more yeah but maybe there's also this thing about the information side of things, right? A lot of times people feel powerless or they feel more like agents when they get told very, very narrow, specific things. They're in a tunnel, right? You get told, hey, this is a box. There's some shoes there. Put as many shoes in as many boxes as you can, as fast as you can. The more you do it, the more money. And if that's all you know, yeah, it's yeah. very different from somebody going, oh, I understand that the glue in this shoe is not doing so well because when I'm packing the boxes, I see that some of the shoes are already starting to fray, right? And if you're then understanding that information and understanding who you should talk to about that that problem, you're then able to act more as a principal and go and find your way in this organization, go to somebody and go and say, hey, man, maybe you should look, all these shoes we're packing, they're, they're, they're not good. If you're right? incentived, right? Like if... If exactly. you only get paid by the hour, you'd probably, yeah, if you're a nice person, you'd probably, you, you might do it, but. No, but if, yeah, exactly. But if you're, you, you're not going to no stop packing boxes. Yeah, yeah. You get paid less to go and tell somebody something. Yeah, they exactly. might kick yeah. you out. Yeah. The manager yeah. might go and say, Hey, mind your own business. Yeah. Yourself, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. You, you've lost your job. Yeah. Cause there's no incentive yeah. for them to do it because they don't have ownership, but where you had like, yeah, a, a bit of a stake. And it, I think like it needs to be enough of that business, right? <clears throat> mm-hmm. So I think like in these large corporations, so you get paid like a very small percentage of your salary in shares. And if mm-hmm. you if you have that, it like 
yeah, okay, in theory, it might incentivize you to work harder because the more work you do or the harder you work, uh, the, the more you can drive the share price up. But in the big corporation, I don't know, like Google or Amazon, what can one individual really do to increase the share price, right? It's, yeah. it, it is like still you, you own so little, even though they, they pay you very well, you, you'll never get to that amount of ownership that uh, say Jeff Bezos has in the company, mm-hmm. right? So you'll never care as much as, as he does. And maybe, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know, I can share my, we can have a look at this chart because I've, I kind of, um, this one here, I kind of drew it and I thought about it. Can you see it now? Yeah. yeah. So in this case, token holdings would also be, let's say, similar to yeah. equity Any, holdings, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So the idea was like token holdings or share holdings or equity holdings or something um, as percentage of your net worth would, mm-hmm. and maybe principal and agent are not the right terms here, but like on the left side, you care more. And on the mm-hmm. right side, you care little about the business or something you're doing, right? So yeah. what this, th- this amount of equity as percentage of your net worth. So let's say I've got um, $1,000 on my, on my bank account and that's, my, that's all I have. And um, 20% of that are shares in the company I'm working on. That will, yeah, already make me pretty incentivized to, to do something. But if I had 80, I'd like be totally keen to improve the situation of the company because then my net worth would in in proportion also increase a lot more right yeah and especially if you're somebody that's let's say contextualize it a bit let's say you're a 30 year old and you've got um let's say you know 80 percent of it valued at nearly a million dollars you're gonna do everything you can to ensure that that gives you financial independence or stability going forward. You're not going to go, oh, um, I'll just check that very alarming email tomorrow. And who cares if the company blows up, right? Because, yeah, you're totally incentivized to make sure that this entity that you're so heavily invested in does well. Yeah, you'll you'll solve the problem immediately. And, and nobody has to tell you, right? Because you, so the principal in this equation doesn't have to tell you or has like has to tell you less what to do because you in a way become the like become a principal on your own right because you move closer to that uh principal level right so the ceo doesn't yeah. have to call you to answer that email because you know hey man that's that's my bank account too if i don't fix that problem it's going to be hit Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, and uh, yeah. for example, uh, let's say smaller businesses, right? A lot of times in Asia, and I think in it's higher proportion in immigrant communities in the West, they, they have like these family-owned businesses, right? Where everybody does something for a certain business. And, and that's a organic way of ensuring that everybody's a principal, right? Everybody gets a bit of a salary, Everybody has that identity that they're involved in this firm, whether it be a restaurant or a import-export business or whatever, right? And um, there's that implicit, explicit trust because everybody, it's like blood, right? It's skin in the game, literally. 
and, if it's, and that I think. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I guess like if the distribution is fair. Well, I've seen where the distribution, as the family grows way bigger, right? The people down the the track, they they get less and less. But then they think of it in terms of, ah, oh, okay, but one day when my dad retires, yeah, he's going to give yeah. me his share, right? Yeah. So there's always that continuity. They're always thinking in terms of, hey, how do I keep this ship afloat? Because they all derive their income from it, right? Yeah. They don't have it from exactly. different sources, but they're all, yeah, they, they all derive their income from it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. So a, a thing that I've, like found interesting in all of this. And I guess that's how we kind of tie it back to, to tokens was that like, how, how are like DAOs? <clears throat> uh, so decentralized autonomous organizations, how are they better than corporations in this? So if you pay out uh, tokens to people, is that better um, than paying them money and a bit of equity, right? And so sometime mid last year, I joined the Bankless DAO. And back then mm -hmm. it was this, um, <clears throat> you had to buy like 35,000 tokens, uh, bank tokens. And then you were allowed to join their Discord with this normal role. Now they have like guest roles and all that kind of stuff. I think back then that was like the only way to get in. So mm -hmm. when I read that, I was like, ooh, yeah. So I'm going to back then like 35,000 were like worth $700. And I was like, for, for me, that was like, Hmm, I'm like, I thought about that for a while. Like, am I willing to put that money up? And because I didn't know what it was, I had no idea what the bank list was, but I was curious to find out. And so yeah. I eventually bought it and, and joined. Mm -hmm. And so when you join, what a ride it's been. Yeah, man. <laughs> up and down. <laughs> back down like recently <laughs> with what's been happening but anyway like you know you, you have these tokens and you hold them in your and in, in your wallet and if you don't hold them anymore immediately your authorizations to post and read stuff and engage with the community are revoked you can't do it anymore after you've sold right so you really have to hold these tokens you have to have them in your wallet um to participate whereas in my in my normal job if i if i sell my shares that i get paid out my my equity nobody cares i can still <laughs> come to work and and do yeah. my job right nobody yeah. keeps track of i mean there's some vesting schemes for some of the shares that you get paid out but in general no there's there's nothing like that that makes you yeah. hold them so this is this was a really interesting concept you know you you kind of on this principal agents side you immediately enter not at zero but like at, at like plus zero somewhere not at of course not at a hundred but like $700 is $700, right? So you'd, you'd start your job somewhere on this more towards the principal side. And that's, I think, a really interesting thing as compared to a normal day job where you just show up and you'd be like completely on the age, agent side, right? And in most cases, yeah. you don't even have equity or shares. Like, um, no, hmm. no way, right? Very interesting. Hey, there's also this other aspect that I've just thought of now that you've mentioned it, right? Like in this case, you're actually actively asked to stake something, right? When you join your whichever company, corporate company, they'll say, hey, Flo, this is how much you're going to get paid and this is how much you're going to get in the shares, right? It's like maybe you 
negotiate a bit and say, oh, I want more shares, now I want less shares, now I want to get paid more. But the, the idea of you losing something first to get a proportion or something else doesn't occur. In order to work right? there, yeah. So you, yeah. yeah. But when you yeah. stake something, you're actually making a decision and you're proclaiming something, right? You're saying, I, individual ABC, identity, avatar, whatever, decides to put some real life value here and put it in this same caravan as you guys, right? And I'm going to go on the ride with you. I'm going to go yeah. on the ride with you and see where this goes. And, you know, there's this really good book called uh, Influence by Cialdini, I think. And he talks about like how the different things that make people, um, let's say, inf influence people's behaviors, right? One of them is consistency. So if you have made a decision as a human being, most of us, unless we're psychopaths, most of us try to subconsciously, we try to be consistent with the decisions we've made in the past, right? So the, the fact that you have decided to stake something gives you something running in the back of your operating system to say, hey, I, I'm invested. I need this thing to do well, right? When you sell your, yeah. yeah, when you sell your company shares that they've given to you as part of your pay package, there's that, that, that mechanism doesn't go on in the back of your head because you never really said, I want to give up two months salary now. Don't pay me for two months. Don't pay me for six months. Give me shares, right? You never said that in the first place. So dropping those shares is not something that's that difficult to do from a consistency basis. Yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah. And yeah, I guess like, the other thing maybe that you have to think about is like the, the size and the scale at which that applies. So in smaller companies, of course, shares would be worth more because you, you like your work has more impact on how the business goes. Whereas mm -hmm. in a huge business, your individual work that you put in doesn't have as much of an impact, right? Mm-hmm. It's just exactly. yeah, because yeah. The, you're one the leverage out of 1,000 and yeah. if you're one out of 10, there's a lot more that you can move the needle by doing something. And that of course kind of flows into that as well. But yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, that is something. Yeah. <clears throat> and maybe, maybe a way to solve that, that problem when an organization gets too big is let's say you're at Google and uh, I'm just imagining, right. I've never worked at such a big corporation before, but let's say you're there and you come up, you're working on something really innovative but you're not that incentivized to do it because then you feel like, ah, if I do this thing, I'm going to spend a lot of time, burn many weekends. And at the end, I might lose control of it because my manager will take it over whatever. Right. Maybe these companies, I guess they already do, right. They encourage spin-offs where they would invest in your new idea where you then become a founder somewhere. Right. But Google is already um, part of that that or, or whichever big company that's sponsoring you as an employee as you go do a spin-off somewhere they're invested in that new firm so in that way they try and get around this problem again by ensuring that they have equity in whatever their um, employees are doing 
Right. Yeah, yeah, so they yeah. they remain a principal and they want their employees to become a principal. They become an yeah. owner, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the idea. Yeah, they they kind of become VCs, right? They they give them, they give capital, but then still both, because I I think like what still matters is this is like the the holdings that you have as percentage of your net worth, right? Mm-hmm. So like if like Elon Musk, um, if he puts one million into a business. Like he's not mm-hmm. going to care much, right? Oh. Um, that's going to be a, like a tiny little side project. It's like mm-hmm. me putting one dollar into this into this thing here somewhere into into a business, right? I, I don't care mm-hmm. if the dollar mm-hmm. is lost. But mm-hmm. if but if I have one million and I put one million in, well, yeah, I'm I'm pretty interested in that. <laughs> yeah. Working out, right? Yeah. And I guess that's how these people, uh, people, actors or parties with a lot of capital, they want to ensure that. The whoever's working for them, even if they go into something as a as equal partners, right? They want to try and make it so that this younger or less uh, rich, let's say, less resourced person or entity will have a very large proportion of their net worth in this new venture. So Elon Musk would say, "All right, I will invest a million." Only if you invest a million as well, and that million should be all your money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As like yeah, higher percentage of your net worth. Yeah. 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 Because that gets you the far, like the furthest onto the principal side, knowing that you'll ha- that yeah, you probably put in the most, the best amount of your work. Yeah. The whole thing, it's basically right? saying I'm, I'll back you, but I need your skin in the game. That's it. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, maybe I'll, I'll go back to this bankless style thing. Um, mm-hmm. So then, you know, I had to buy these tokens, and then I joined. And after I've, after I've joined, and that's something I found like really interesting. Again, like comparing that to uh, a normal work job relationship that you have, right? So I buy these mm-hmm. tokens, and then I just show up in this community, and I was like, okay, like, is there anybody going to interview me for some role, or somebody going to talk to me about my skills, or um, what I'm going to do? Nothing. There's nothing. Nobody, nobody did anything. Now they've, they, you know, they've changed that slightly. They have somebody like a um, talent coordinator at least reaches out to you and has a chat with you. But in general, mm-hmm. it was just like me showing up. <clears throat> and then there was this project going on with a newsletter. They wanted to write a newsletter, and I just raised my hand and said, like, I want to do it. And at first, the guys are like, Yeah, hmm, let's have a chat first. We want to know if you are, if you can do this. And and they kind of, you know by having a conversation they found out that they had i had knowledge in this field and then they just gave me the thing trusted me and i i did it i wrote it they edited it i published it and then that that went on for some time and and the more work i put in the more reputation and and trust i i kind of had in this whole thing and that was that's something that's like really uncorrelated to tokens but what also happened that for each each of these gigs, I got some of these bank tokens, right? Of some of their tokens paid out, so that um, I accumulated more and more of those. And of course, I didn't need to hold them because the the threshold was thirty five thousand. But I got paid more and more while I was writing stuff and and producing and working with them. But I didn't need to hold them. But I still kind of held on to them, and um, that was something that was that was kind of interesting. Because 
It sounds very interesting to me, like uh, to understand the psychology behind why you're holding it, right? That, yeah, that whole, like, yeah, that whole drive. Magic of, there, yeah. What, like in comparison to a normal job where you just would apply and then you do your job from nine to five, get paid and leave. Like to a degree, like you don't really care as much in the normal <laughs> job as compared to where you join in something like that where it is so open and you just prove yourself through the work you do and mm-hmm. um and all you get paid is equity basically right because the the payment medium is also equity so mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't i don't get any dollars i only get these bank tokens and so i can i can of course i can change them back into dollars but you get you get paid in them so you hold more and more of that so mm-hmm. it's just like these super interesting dynamics and I can't really get my head around it yet. Well, how it, how that works or why does, why that is the case, but I think it has something to do with tokens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure it has, right? Because it's, it's so rationally, it doesn't make sense. How is this thing? How, how, how are we sacrificing our time and efforts for something that was just created out of thin air? Right. Besides yeah. the fact that this thing created out of thin air is part of the infrastructure of a system that produces work, that produces value. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I've done this, uh, I've done this flow diagram. So, you know, I've, as part of the articles, I've done a lot of um, these other diagrams where I've kind of map out the solution architecture, but recently I've seen one of these and I thought it would be a good idea to maybe display it in this way. So what I was thinking, like, it doesn't necessarily have to be the bankless DAO, but like you have this DAO and from the Mm -hmm. DAO's perspective, I try to, with these arrows, represent value flowing in and out. So Mm -hmm. you'd have this DAO and the DAO would pay members in tokens for work they do and value Mm -hmm. flows out, right? So they pay some bank member gets that, holds that, or does whatever, sells it. And on the other hand, the member would, like myself here, in this case, I just drew this in to, you know, fit it to the example, but like Mm -hmm. you'd buy tokens for membership. So you would transfer some of your value that you had, some of your dollars maybe that you have transferred into bank and you would transfer them into your wallet in a way, but you would commit that. It's not really that you give it to them, but you kind of, yeah. I don't know how to say it, but 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 you you hold them in a way. Maybe, maybe this arrow is not mm. really right in the picture, but I, I just thought of it that way. And then what you also do, you contribute work as a member, right? So you, me, I personally, working as part of this, this writer's team, I wrote content about tokenomics and I got that content edited and published on their platform and they would tweet about it, right? So they're brand and following then got access to my content and me i personally i got access to the to the brand and right. the following right to the audience so if, and and there's all sorts of members right there's members that develop software they might create some tools and develop stuff um, write down knowledge and uh, others that might work on polishing and and improving the, the branding and all that right so all of that value is kind of created but since they, I mean, like they don't pay any dividend and the value or like the, let's say like the price of the token 
but yeah, I don't really know how that's related to it, right? Because that doesn't really, I mean, does that create demand for holding the token? It, I guess like it depends on, on the design of the ecosystem, but from a content, let's, let's look, go with Bankless DAO, right? For the content, they don't have any paywall. Um, you can just read it. Everybody can read it. For the brand, they don't have any paywall for that. For the software, they produce um, some like interesting DAO bots and things like that for other DAOs. But like, I don't think they get paid in bankless tokens for that. They 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 probably get paid in any other stablecoin probably. So yeah, I I was trying to think like how that would in some way this value would would how is that connected to the token? That's a question that I'm still trying to that I'm still chewing on sort of how how that relates to it, you know. Mm-hmm. So all that va- value is kind of captured in this DAO and and like because the people work on the same thing. And I guess the principal agent theory comes in here because most of these members on this spectrum that we have are like more on the principal side. And um, yeah, we, I, I guess believe, they, let's say in what the DAO's trying to do. Yeah, they believe in the mission and, and, right. and yeah, maybe work towards these common goals of, um, whatever the DAO might have as a goal, right? Yeah. But still, guess... that doesn't create any more demand for the token <laughs> uh, other than bringing new members in. But still, somehow, uh, yeah, I don't know. What, what would happen to the token price? Would it like flatline at some point? Because there's no members coming, new, no new members coming in? Yeah, or, at some point, yeah. if it, I, I guess the price... At some point when an outsider that does not contribute work, right, but still decides to be a member because he likes the work that the community is doing, then he buys in to go along for the ride. Is that possible? Like, could you buy tokens and... Anybody, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're just like public traded. You, you don't go to Uniswap, you can buy them, yeah. Yeah, you don't have to do work to qualify to buy them, right? It's more like but, you buy them if you want to do work, right? But in that case, you're like only an investor, right? You're yes. like only somebody who, yeah, I guess. Yeah, but in a way, I would say, let's not think about the only the super duper uber rich Jeff Bezos types, right? Um, for most of us, investing in something also means putting energy in because that money actually means a lot to us and if we put that and it basically money is a call on energy right energy spent in the past and you 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 trust that in the future it will buy you back something that required roughly the same amount of energy yeah to create or to make right yeah. whether it's human energy that's a really nice solar energy Yes, yeah. a call on energy. Yeah. So for somebody that, that basically maybe to some, some person, they get to think, is my energy worth more in a DAO or in a cryptocurrency or in a stable coin or in a fiat currency, you know, or to purchase another home, you know, in the real world. And if they feel like, hey, I believe in what this DAO is trying to do. I'm happy to put my energy f- into this DAO because it's a mission that I believe in. 
you yeah. know yeah. does it yes it is investing but maybe more as investing as a principal rather than just as an agent because they maybe really believe in the mission hmm. but i could do with the same with shares right like i could buy google shares because i believe in their mission yes definitely yeah. but i think exactly exactly but who knows maybe with the, the because this is we're in such an early stage of things um yeah a, a little bit means a lot in these spaces right compared to you put a million dollars in google versus a million dollars worth of tokens in a dao it probably uh maybe the in this case would it also buy you voting rights for the certain oh things? yeah totally yeah yeah so, so that could be it as well, yeah. right? Like you're putting money in to get influence or, or power over a certain... On the treasury, yeah. Or on yeah. like how the whole thing works, right? And yeah. I kind of also see it as like a, again, like a call option, right? So you have these yeah. tokens of this DAO and you see that there's so many talented um, and curiosity-driven people, members in this DAO contributing to all sorts of stuff. And they... Yeah who knows they might come up with the next uh unicorn that they yep. that they invent and that's then gonna i don't drive like a huge demand for that token because whatever they're gonna do with it right yeah and yeah i think call yeah. option is a good way of thinking about it because in this case you have an option that doesn't really expire right it expires when the DAO dies but besides yeah. that yeah right and yeah. as long as you know that the treasury is not going to inflate it to the moon it's you feel point, yeah. yeah you feel relatively let's say happy to safe to to, to say oh, I'm, I'm happy to buy this call option yeah yeah especially yeah. when you're faced i think a, something that's maybe not often talked about right it's a very macro but to pull it back if you were an average person earning an okay income and you had some extra money to put aside every month and in the traditional world you've got you know do you want to put money into a bank that you might feel is over leveraged where they promise you in with inflation rate of five ten whatever percent your money's going to be worth less why wouldn't that drive you know money going into these tokens where it's a call option on you know human effort going into the future right it's like a duration play almost yeah yeah i think and that's the way to to think about it that and and you know it's a social token and these i think these social tokens they're all about the people who align behind some common goal right it's it's mm -hmm. and that's all that matters and i think that's what makes it different to evaluate them in terms of like price or value because it is it's hard to measure something like that you don't know until you maybe have been in the community and been part of it what why these people are special who these people are and how they how they work together on a common goal using that token or that token kind of supports that right because yeah, somehow it wasn't possible before that, that's what i'm thinking about right like this whole movement that we're seeing that there's more and more people joining DAOs because they can they can work on something that they're interested in so the, the way i always think about it is like it's like freelancing right so if you're a freelancer you're mostly out on your own right 
you have to search for clients maybe on Upwork and Fiverr, and you have to go out there and search for your clients, and then you do the project. And mm -hmm. in, in this DAO setting, I feel like you're like a freelancer, but you have a community. And mm -hmm. you, you can, you can, there's still, it's all loose ties, right? I've never signed a contract with Bankless DAO. I have the tokens. And if I don't like it tomorrow, I'll sell all my tokens and I'm out. But like the, the interesting concept is that I can join this DAO or any other DAO as this freelancer and I can contribute my work or we could work on something. I, I can work on something with interesting people together. And it's kind of like grouped and incentivized by these tokens. And that's something that's like, that's like new. That wasn't, that didn't exist before. And just for, for me, like from this like future work perspective, that is something that's so interesting. Yeah. Actually, when you mentioned that, it made me think of, you know, like the traditional unions, you know, like the auto workers yeah, union yeah. and that's like very, I would say that those unions are rather decentral, uh, rather centralized, right? Mm -hmm. so maybe when you work for a DAO, it's like, you're part of a union, but like a cool union, you know, like you're, you, you're associated by not the demands that you put onto the market via threats, but you're basically associated with other people that uh, according to your work, according to your output, according to, to your, what you believe in, according to where you find meaning, right? Yeah. And yeah. and yeah, it's in a way you're joining a tribe. And and the cool thing is with DAOs, you can join many different tribes. You know, yeah, you could yeah, be yeah. working and on- And you get paid uh, compared to uni unions, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I guess yeah, for union, you, you join a union because you're worried about, again, this principal agent problem. And then you want someone to stand above you and speak for you to fight for your rights because yeah. you know you don't have as much information as you should have to, to, to um, negotiate, right? So you basically outsource. Yeah. So you give away that right to some position of authority to say, hey, you tell me when I can work, I'll work, but you fight for the best hourly rate yeah. for me, let's say. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 That's super interesting. Like, <clears throat> so just to show you maybe what they've achieved, I've, I found this tweet and, you know, I'm writing an article about tokenomics of bankless styles. That's why I've kind of looked all this up. Like this guy, Lucas, he's I think one of the co-founders of Bankless DAO, and he wrote this up what the Bankless DAO has achieved in season two, and he says so um, because of social tokens and how. Um, so he says, like I'm reading this, it's insane what a community can achieve when incentivized with ownership. So this kind of perfectly fits into what we're talking about, right? So you give the community ownership in this whole venture with tokens, and then you align them behind some common goal. But then you let them, yeah. you let them do something that they want to do, right? So this is, uh, yeah, I guess it's something really, really interesting. <laughs> We're getting a delivery here. No, sorry, something just fell off. One of oh. my posters just fell off the wall. Oh shit! Um, but so anyway, what, just saying, yeah. what does he mean by season two for for us that oh, are yeah. uninitiated? <laughs> um, I mean, think about us as, as a quarter. I don't know why they use season. They just confuse the shit out of everybody. Um, uh, it's, so a, a, yeah. a, like a quarter it's a, of a year? Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. and then again, like DAOs might use different durations for, for seasons. Right. But I think in most cases, I think also for the Bankless DAO season is a quarter. 
And, like okay. and is that common speak in the world of tokens and tokenomics seasons? Yeah, like it's also new. I think that's somebody's come up with it, and that's why a lot of DAOs are using it. But I think you we should come up well with a dictionary. Quarter, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tokenomics dictionary. Crazy stuff that that that's in here. But yeah, okay. it's like, um, it's like go through this, right? They've got like four thousand five hundred holders. Um, most widely held, huh? Yeah, yeah. Most widely held, widely held token, and um, yeah, they've got like some partnerships with other DAOs where they uh, have have acquired liquidity from Olympus DAO that they now own, and and that liquidity allows them a source of income. So mm-hmm. it's not just that they only get if we go back to this value flow diagram that they only get their tokens from uh, from like people buying them and that they only have uh, bank tokens in their treasury because they minted them but what they try to do they try to diversify right so that they might get paid so if we at bankless we write a piece for a client that client will pay us and the author and the editor of course get the the, the lion's share of that but a small percentage also goes to the bankless treasury and to other departments for the the Kind of the work and the brand that they're lending and that they're that they're supporting and that kind of builds up that treasury of the bankless DAO or of any other DAO in that matter. And if you hold the tokens, you have voting rights on what to happen with that, right? And then they have all these other crazy initiatives. So they've done this like if you're into into NFTs, they've did this DAO punks T-shirts that are like part of part of NFTs. They generate like 88 ETH. That's a lot um, with that, right? They've got different media publications. So one that I think is really cool, they've got this, it's called The Rug, um, which is like a satire magazine, kind of like the Bumblebee about crypto. So the, the, the community just came together and launched this thing, right? Um, yeah. On this, just incentivized by by tokens. So it's super cool. They, they just come up with this and they publish it. This is super high quality. It looks really, really good. And they mint these as NFTs. Uh, so so you, can, you can buy a copy of them, right? So they came out with that. And then... I don't know, they launched this like index um, for like an index fund for basically DeFi tokens. Um, they, yeah, they did this, this bot, um, a couple of bots that the Bankless DAO dev team built to support DAOs. They did this, uh, yeah, merch. Like they really like produce, they had these like, shorts like swim shorts and stuff that they that they produce and they mint as nfts or that you can buy from them and, and people buy it and so there's like all these avenues feels like everybody just comes into this into this dow buys in shows up and then just naturally fo- follows their curiosity and interest in what they like doing and that's something that's like so cool i don't know if all these people make make like a, a full living of it but it's on the one side i think it's like interesting enough for them to keep doing it in their free time and for others maybe yeah maybe it's enough to make a living especially if there's income streams from outside and if they made 88 eth with uh with these dow punk nfts like somebody must have gotten something from that maybe it's not a full salary but i can see that if if i have if we go back to these call options if i have call options on this thing i can see that in some season down the road something interesting might come out of this that be, be like super valuable, add a lot of value to the whole ecosystem and um, yeah, make it worth all the work that you put in. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's like creativity unleashed, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 And the, the beautiful thing is it's funded by capital where people are, are not going to get too hurt if they lose it. Right. You've put yeah. in work, you've written an article, you get paid. Yeah. If you lose what you get paid, you still have that article that you wrote and that call option didn't actually cost you like that sacrifice you made. It's not like, uh, oh, some time, oh. right? yeah, it's your time, but it's not like you're going to be on the street sleeping in the cold, right? Because yeah. you made that investment. Yeah. Which in a way it's, it's a beautiful thing because it's like taking excesses in, um, in resources. Right. And, and basically saying, let's try and hit home runs. Right. Call options are home runs. Right. And you're yeah. saying, Hey, take, take this excess. It's okay. I'm going to give it to you. And I want you to swing and swing hard, right? Go for the, go for the home runs. When you compare that to the centralized systems that we have today, it's like, all right, I'm going to go tax people as an authority in government. Right. And I'm going to take that money. And I'm going to do like a state run initiative to try and do something creative. Right. Yeah enforce creativity sort of you you got to be creative yeah. now yeah <laughs> exactly but in this case i'm taxing the poor person that's just trying to make ends meet i'm gonna tell them hey your tax building is gonna go up because we need to get creative yeah yeah you know and they lose resources that they can hardly bear to lose right yeah so and and oftentimes it's done in an inefficient way whenever creativity gets mandated it's usually not very creative right Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 Totally. And that's what I like about this. Like, and some, uh, yeah, I, I, it's probably not fully, um, you can not fully ascribe this to tokens, but in some way, I think this is due to, to it that people come in here, they just show up, they're willing to fork out whatever it costs to get these 35,000 tokens. And then mm. they hold them and then they show up and, and do work. They just, add value to this thing and it and it's like it gets more and more valuable over time with like all the stuff they produce very elegant right if you think about it nothing nothing really comes close to it in the from the past right yeah like you, you couldn't find that in the in the normal world normal economy there's no such thing as like a like an open business where you could show up and you could just collaborate with with random people yeah. on on something like how would you align incentives how do how do you make sure that everybody uh, is like more on the principal side than on the agent side and um mm. that's what i really think is this like you know, you know you hear a lot of these like crypto and web3 critics and that's something i think a lot of them are just like missing this piece of the puzzle that it connects people to do something that they're curious about of course they need to get paid and they have to they have to have to earn something but like yeah. the, I mean, we'd all agree that the the value that you create or you do your best work, if you if you're not forced to do anything, I think that's that's like this, that's like something that everybody has, right? So if I don't, I, I don't have to work, and I can just do whatever I want, then I come up with yeah, out of boredom, I'll be bored for a while, maybe I'll do nothing for a while, but after some time, I'll sit down and and do something that I like. And then I produce right. something really cool. And if it's two or three of us that are kind of bored, then we'll 
produce something really awesome. And, and I think that's really something, that's really something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, in this case, right, with a, with a DAO, it seems like in the past, if you wanted to found something, you'd have to go around looking for people. Then you go and uh, try and raise money, which is painful. When you raise money, you have to sell equity. And then the people that are allowed to invest in you are usually only accredited investors at the start. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Same. Yeah. So the, 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 the normal mom and pop or the average graduate who probably would love to get invested can't. Yeah. But um, yeah. And in this case, you can get in a way hundreds of founders, right? Everyone working to make this mission work. Yeah. And they're all invested. Yeah. Right? And they know everyone that's in there, or they know, let's say, they know more of the people and their work ethic than, say, what we would know of how Google or Microsoft runs now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. So when, when we ask, hey, how come people are willing to put 35,000 tokens up there to, to be part of this thing? I mean, I might know Flo, and I think Flo's good at writing, and I want to be part of what he's a part of, so I'm happy to back him, right? But I don't have that option when I'm going to go invest in public markets right now because I'm not an, accredit an accredited investor. Yeah. I don't get to go rub shoulders with everybody at the early stages, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's another thing that, uh, that it all enables, right? This early entry for everybody, like levels the, yeah. play, the playing field almost. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Again, it's it's really about this information asymmetry and aligning of incentives, right? It's always these two things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like the, and, the information was kind of there for everybody, anyway, right? I can look up any startup that's up there, but I'm not allowed to invest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And and you compare, let's say, you now joining some Discord group versus back in the day i needed to maybe fly to california if i wanted to know what steve jobs was up to right like now yeah, yeah. i can just join a, a discord group have joined into these video calls listen to this guy and go like freaking hell this guy's a genius i want to be part of this thing right yeah yeah and then you just you just show up in his community and you say hi um do some work and then yeah that might land you a job and the, the, yeah jobs as such don't really exist anymore i mean there's some it's more like geeks, that, right it's more yeah. like yeah but pieces of geeks. work yeah. yeah and that's what i love about it i mean that's that's what excites me so much about it, it gives everybody the flexibility to sort of do what they want um and then do it as much as they want to but if they don't feel it anymore they they just they can just stop stop doing it right yeah and I think you're right. You hit a, a, a good point just now when you said that uh, people that are critics of or they poo-poo the, you know, the Web3 work. Yeah, maybe it is something that they're missing because they don't see or feel the this difference in behavior that, that humans naturally have when you change ownership structures, right? Yeah, yeah. Like the and, psychology changes, like you're... The way you interact changes. The way you operate changes. It's almost yeah, like you have a yes. different OS. 
you know yeah 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 i mean yeah ask ask the average i don't know babysitter or kindergarten teacher how they interact with a kid versus their own kids right yeah On, i yeah. would say there is some difference you know good ones would not have a big difference yeah. but on a whole, there would be a difference. Yeah. If there's a fire, you would put money on, you know, you kind of bet on who that person's going to run in to pull out, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 A lot of things come from that, I think. Um, yeah. Maybe we can finish it up with this. Um, Shout out to principal agent. To principal agent, yeah. So, you know, because I'm not a native speaker, I announced this uh, tweet, <laughs> this, this podcast, and wrote principle the wrong way with a PLE. At, and then there's this really funny bot on Twitter that picks that up. And the, the bot has a Simpsons Skinner profile picture, and it's called principal agent, spelled the wrong way. And so whenever you spell principal agent the wrong way, he'll show up and, and tell you how to spell it the right way. And uh, yeah, I just love how um, what Twitter, what people are on Twitter, what stuff's on Twitter. So uh, cool bot. Um, Very cool. So and I had a good laugh about it today. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else we we want to uh, say to close this up? Um, I just wanted to share, like, uh, before having the, the, the talk coming on the show, I went and listened to Naval Ravikant talk about the principal agent problem. And he gave a few cool quotes, right? Like he said, uh, Charlie Munger said, if you can be working on incentives, don't work on anything else. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I think when it comes to tokenomics, in a way, that's really what where the magic is, right? If you get that formula right, everything just runs on autopilot and you get magic happening. You get that yeah. formula wrong and nothing moves, you know? Yeah. You yeah. then start to think, ah, should I put more money here? What do I do? Do I need to call people? You know, it's not it's not organic. It's like you're pushing stuff uphill. Yeah. yeah. So a big part of tokenomics, I would say, would definitely be this structuring of incentives, coding aside and you know the tr what the treasury does etc they, they all tie into this but really when it comes down to it we're talking about incentivizing people to create yeah yeah right? yeah. yeah and if you can like use these incentives to to get them into this flow mode of creativity that's i think a pretty cool a pre pretty cool achievement because then really exactly. like this dao and that's insane. They just mint. They just mint the token. Then they airdrop them to a couple of people, and now the whole thing is in this flow mode where people do what they love doing and create value in some way. Yeah, I but think it goes on autopilot, like you said. Yeah. yeah, and it's literally an ecosystem, right? When you look at what an ecosystem is, it's really everything running in balance. Yeah, you know, you don't need to keep forcing things; they just go. Um, yeah. So yeah. maybe tokenomics can, you know, mine that magic somehow just by getting that incentive structure um, balance right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what every, um, I guess, model should aim for. Mm -hmm. Get Charlie Munger happy. 
we don't have much time, right? How old is the guy? Oh, uh, very old, yeah. He might live to 150, uh, though. Approaching 100. Who knows? Yeah, maybe he's into longevity, um, things like that. Who knows? All, All right. right. So that was super fun, Flo. Um, yeah, as usual. Yeah. Uh, Thanks yeah, for the like, insights. And interesting the topic we've discovered. And uh, yeah, thanks all for, for listening. And uh, yeah, we hope to um, talk about something else soon. We'll, we'll find out what. We'll let you know. Yep. Thanks, everyone. And thanks, Jason. See you guys. Bye.